0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, I am Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Agents podcast, the real estate podcast that brings you short business tips and tricks as well as in-depth interviews with some of our industry's leading minds. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. What is going on Next Level Agents? This is Kevin Kaufman. Uh, as hopefully you know by now and i'm joined today by my good friend in the co- incomparable reed moore reed how are you doing today buddy yeah. good man good
1: hey everybody how's it going Incomparable. So, i don't i don't know what to do with that
0: well <laughs> you know, like i the truth is i couldn't think of any other words to put in front of your name so i went with incomparable and i was emailing with your wife and i was like you know reed, reed seems incomparable um and her and I like to make fun of you when you're not around, so I went with that. You okay with it?
1: That that works. They used to call me Kung Fu Panda, so I'll I'll go with incomparable. That
0: uh, that'll work. Kung Fu Panda. I think I I think I sense a story there, Reed. So yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I I used to be a really big uh, person, and but I still I still move pretty great. You know, like I could out eat anybody, but uh, I also had to move. So
0: you, you know. are you are agile. There's no doubt about that. How <laughs> I know that? But I know that um so hey reed do me a favor man I, obviously you and i go way back we've been friends for years we've been in mastermind groups together we have uh been in a lot of, of small groups together we've talked for hours and hours and hours on the phone and in person so i know you but do me a favor for somebody listening or, or watching this right now who just doesn't know about you will you just kind of give us the give us the elevator pitch Please read more. Tell us about your business. I want it like, from the $3 million to $90 million story, if you could.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I grew up in western Montana, and, you know, I was pretty much set up in life to be, uh, like, the, the perfect example of mediocre, right? So uh, <laughs> that was kind of the deal. You know I mean? I look at me. I even look mediocre. I have mediocre hair. You know, the whole deal. Um, and so kind of my arch nemesis growing up was, uh, you know – uh, you know, I didn't grow up so poor that things were hard, or so wealthy that I learned a bunch of things. I just kind of grew up to be like meh, right? And great parents, the whole deal. And so uh, I started. You know, I just you know I grew up and I just I was different than everybody else, right? Like as in I, I just I had something to prove, had somewhere I needed to go. And so um, uh, joined joined the military and did uh, cryptography, fiber optics, um, you know, long haul communication stuff like that. And I found out that I liked working with people. More than I like, like working with things, and so I transferred uh, into real estate. I did real estate for about six years and just paid the bills. Uh, I did about three million dollars with volume in a little brokerage, uh, and I just didn't know what I didn't know, and I wasn't looking right. So I was probably the definition of non-talent, right? I was just kind of cruising through life. It was all hey, funny.
0: listen, you said it, not me. I'm not playing <laughs> with you.
1: Hey, the one thing people should get out of this is, if that guy can do it, like, what's my my problem, you know? Uh, That that was the deal, right? So uh, life got super hard. Like, all of a sudden, you know, I'm like the guy with broad shoulders, nothing buckles my knees, and all of a sudden, life buckles my knees. And I found myself about 10 10 years ago, uh, $800,000 in debt, uh, which is the check that I wrote for my master's degree in business. (laughs) And um, and I had to really get real with myself because all the things I I was doing at the time, um, you know, I was maybe I looked a little bit better than average from the outside looking in. But you know, you and I know, like when when we're not really fulfilling our potential and we're not even trying, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I I got to the place where I just had to figure out what am I going to do that potentially is going to change the world. And my answer was business, and the business I knew was real estate. And the thing that I knew that I wanted to do was to build people. And I didn't know much more than that at the time, but it didn't, you know, like if if you have something that you have an idea of where you want to go and you have a lot of drive and you're willing just to work your fingers to the bone, uh, you can go a long ways before you have clarity, right? Like I live on the West Coast. I don't know. I don't have to know if I'm going to New York or Florida right now. All I need to know is like, I got to go east, right? so that's Mm -hmm. how I started. That's awesome. Uh, went from three million to thirty million in three years, and then just kind of kept cranking up. To last year was about ninety-five million. This year will be about one hundred twenty-five million in production. Um, five locations. Three of those are in Alaska, and um, you know, I have, I have, I guess what you would call an old school terminology, an actual seventh-level business. I don't run my company anymore. I don't have the final say, and uh, it's pretty cool.
0: Thank goodness.
1: yeah it was a hot mess man like are you kidding me who put me in charge
0: man (laughs) there are some goofy people from alaska can i just like you know friends of all i mean you know no 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 names cody gibson um for tumor uh you know definitely not not making fun of anybody from alaska but you know it seems i know quite a few quirky people from alaska Uh, yeah man alaskans are weird
1: Right, like you know, you're, you're like don't don't touch me, don't tread on me, uh, you know, like you can just you can just go anywhere, right? You see a mountain, you can just go hike it, you know, as long as you don't die. Like you know, things in Alaska don't hurt you. You don't have spiders. You got like bears and moose.
0: Is that like the state slogan in Alaska? Don't die. <laughs> a little bit, like have fun, don't die. Like he- here in Arizona, like in Phoenix, we go hiking, and it's like you know, stay on the trails. And in Alaska, it's just like you, it's like I can imagine, like the sign says. Okay, but don't die.
1: Uh, yeah, that's no, that pretty much like, hey, don't fall in the water. It's like really cold. You're gonna die and maybe get eaten by a
0: shark. So you know, have fun. Maybe it's pretty shark. I love it. All right, dude. So you you said a lot there, man. So you go from this guy that's just selling real estate. Quite frankly, I I would have said paying the bills, but you were eight hundred thousand dollars in debt, so you weren't quite paying the bills. Um, to but you were making a living, and then you said, hold on a second, I got to get serious about this. Can we go back to that moment, Reed? Like, what? What was the thing? Like, where did you go from? I'm the guy that sells three million dollars of real estate because, quite frankly, it's easy and I can do it. To yeah. I'm going to build people and I'm going to use that inside of real estate to make something big. And you jump to thirty million in just a couple of years. What was that decision point? You know,
1: it, some of the hardest things in life that I've had were. Saying no to good and saying no to cool opportunities, right? You get to a place to you start out in life, and there's just no opportunity, it seems. And then you get a little bit of success, and then the the you know the um, the thing that takes you away is too many things, right? Too many opportunities. And so I got to this place where uh, I just had to get really clear on who I was and what I was going to ignore. And the the quote the quote that I uh, came across early on was it was actually a Zig Ziglar quote. Surprise, surprise. And it was something like, you know, if you help enough other people get what they want in their life, you don't have to worry about yours. Right. And I heard that. And like, you know, we all hear quotes. I put quotes out on Facebook and they, you know, they give you goosebumps and all that. But it just haunted me. Right. And I went home and I just said, what if what if you didn't say that to be to be neat? Right? And what if you didn't say that because it sounded cool? What if you said that because you can actually build a life and a business that way? And I happened to be geared towards that. And so I decided. This is going to be my social experiment to see if that is true.
0: Wow. So so you said I'm going to take zigzag, I'm going to take this quote that quite frankly can be taken as just like this feel-good quote. And it's says, it's this, ooh, I, I feel good when I say it because the thought of it sounds good. And, you know, for I think for a lot of a lot of times it's rhetoric for for a lot of folks. Um, but you said, no, I'm going to take that as a challenge because I actually think that's my skill.
1: Yeah, that that was the thing is, you know, so one, I, one of the things I – I love building people. I love the the people side of business. It doesn't always mean I like people, by the way, just to be clear. Uh, <laughs> I like my people, and I like Kevin. Sometimes mm. I like Fred, and Cody is a pretty decent dude too.
0: Yeah, the last one you could both do without.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I just realized this is my skill. And if I can build people and I can do it really, really well, and I already had you know, 10 years experience doing, doing that. That's what I did before, right? I did like ministry and nonprofit stuff after I got out of the military. So um, I just decided that I had nothing else to lose. You know, I'm, I, I'm $800,000 negative a month at that point, uh, no income coming in. I had shut my real estate down for a different opportunity. So I'm scrambling to put it back together. I'm like, if it doesn't work, like, everything else doesn't work anyway, right? <laughs> like, who cares? So so it was just, it was pain. And, um, you know, during during that time, I got to experience, uh, I actually lost a lot of empathy during that time in my life. Uh, I wasn't super empathetic before because I'm pretty driven. But what happened was that first year of, of, of launching RMG, you know, I, I kissed my wife at the beginning of the year and said, I love you and I'll see you in a year. And it's just what you have to do, right? Like that's, that was, that was life. And so uh, six days a week, I worked about, you know, 13 to 16 hours a day. And then I worked, you know, the majority of Sunday, took a little bit of time off in the morning. And, uh, you know, and and so when when I, when I look at people in this business and they say, I want to succeed, I want to succeed, I want to succeed inside, I'm like, I didn't take, I didn't take a vacation for six years. Like you've taken four this year and you work three hours a day. I love you. And, like I'm not, I'm the wrong guy to talk to. <laughs> I just
0: am. Yeah, man. You, you remind me of somebody I know who, who's sitting, you know, it's funny because uh, I know you've interviewed your fair share of newer real estate agents. And mm-hmm. one of the most common answers I ever get uh, about why they got into real estate or why they're pursuing real estate is that, um, that they wanted to have an unlimited income earning potential and a flexible schedule. <laughs> like, well, okay, which one of those two are you, you know, going <laughs> yeah. You're going to get both right up. Like this is not million-dollar listing or whatever crap shows on HGTV this, this month, right? This is not what it's really like in the real world of real estate. And so which one of those two do you pick? Do you want a flexible schedule or do you want unlimited income? And it seems to me that uh, most people, I mean, based on attrition rates and just based on the sample size I've seen – Um, Most people pick the flexible schedule and not the unlimited income. And uh, what I heard you say is I made a purposeful decision to go pick the unlimited income choice and to go build something big that then later on was going to allow you to have the flexibility uh, to live the life that you want to live.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, none none of us are at our best without structure. And so the, you know the the um, the structured salary type job uh, provides the structure, and so you have people that come out of that world and they hate it, but then they jump into our world or an, an MLM or just any world where like there's unlimited opportunity. And the rude awakening is is you have to be your own boss. You have to be that that guy that you hated towards yourself, or or you're not gonna you're not gonna get there. Yeah. Okay? And if you can't do that, it's okay. Go back to work for the dude that's, that's serving you at that high level. He, he is helping you. She is helping you grow your life. You just didn't realize it.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I um, you remind me of two, two, two things. One is there's a guy here in Phoenix. His name's Brian North. Guy owns an incredible business. He's a good dude. And he, he says, like, he got into real estate basically for the same thing. He wanted the flexibility, freedom, et cetera. But, what he found out is, uh, you know, and he wanted to be his own boss, but what he found out is he is the gnarliest boss he ever had. He was his <laughs> own, like, hardest boss he ever had. And so it's the people that treat it that way that I see then do get to that next level and, and not the, you know, like, hey, I'm going to come in at 10, I'm going to leave it two, and, you know, probably going to have lunch in that time frame too. Uh, we all see those people. So uh, so you made this pur- purposeful decision. You said to, to, to your wife, Rebecca, like, hey, I'll see you in a year. I'm going to go build this thing and uh, and, and I'll, I'll be back. And mm-hmm. so you obviously went and did it. I mean, you said you're tracking for 120 or so million this year. I mean, that's pretty incredible, man. Like that is that is such the upper echelon of what happens in our industry. Um, and what I love is if people didn't catch the beginning of this broadcast, you said, you know, I own the kind of the old school seventh level business where you're not actually even in it. So they're, there, what I heard is there's a lot of real estate being sold. There's a lot of GCI being generated, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a very flexible life, and you have built a a business that that supports the life that you want to have.
1: Yeah, um, just I get to be clear. I you know I have three or four hours a week that I have to show up for my business or, or that I choose to, uh, you know, in, in, to be able to just add add value and. If you look at my calendar, it's full, right? Like, my cal- my calendar's full. I, all summer long, I post pictures of me goofing off and stuff. What I don't post is pictures of me sitting in front of this boring white wall, right? Like, yeah. who wants to see that on Facebook? Well, this is what I do when I'm not goofing off on my boat. You know, I'm, I'm here. I'm in front of a whiteboard, uh, all of those things. Because here's the dirty little secret about success. People who are successful, like truly successful, learn that work Is how you create value in the world.
0: And so when you see. Work is how you create value in the world.
1: Yeah. Think think, think about that, right? So, so what happens if you have $10 million in the bank, right? Well, you go sit on the beach for the rest of your life. Yeah, good luck with that.
0: Yeah. That sounds right. boring as hell. By the way,
1: oh my gosh, terrible! I, you know, I, when when I get to the place where I'm kind of in overwhelm, I'm like, oh, I'm two weeks from that vacation. I tell my wife every time, you know what? I'm just going to sit in a chair for two straight weeks. I get there, I sit down, I got my drink. Like ten minutes later, I'm like, hey, um, I'm going to go find something to break. Right? <laughs> like that's just the deal. And so you just you find that people who have built the skill sets and the habits to get successful. They start realizing this is how I contribute. This is how I produce value in the world. Why would I retire? Why would I give up? Why would I? Why would I not work? Right.
0: Produce value in the world. You said something there. So, Reed, have you have you read the book So Good They Can't Ignore You? Uh, I haven't. All right. So he talks in I'm that book. Uh, Cal Newport talks about is it Cal Newport or Cal Workman. I always mix it up. Cal Workman. I don't know. Uh, Uncle Cal. Great book. So good, they can't ignore you. Uh, but he talks about, so when, when we um, when we say, hey, I want to follow my passion, right? I hear that a lot. Just follow your passion and the money will come. Uh, the problem with that statement is that is a very inwardly focused, you're asking, what can the world do for me when you say, I want to follow my passion? Uh, as opposed to the other side of that coin is, what is the value I can bring the world? And in that book, the case was, What's What can I do to build, he used the term career capital. How can I be so good at what I do, I now have the career capital to do whatever the heck I want in this industry. I can go from, I've heard it taught from, now you can go from one mountain to the next because you've ascended to the top of it, right? And so whatever that thing is, and, and it's that that word value, you just said it is it's providing value to the world. And that's a very outwardly focused and not as much me focused uh, a conversation to have. So,
1: yeah, I, I'm super clear. And hate, hate is a strong word. I hate, I hate, hate, hate when people say things to kids like, you know, just follow your dreams, follow your passion. Because here's what it does. It puts success in the lottery, right? You know, if you're lucky, kids, you're going to be the one out of a thousand that ends up being the firefighter. And you're going to live happily ever after, and everybody else is going to spend the rest of their life, like, not living a great life, okay? That's terrible advice. You find something you're good at and you do it until you love it. Like you choose, you choose, like I choose to build my passion. Like I see something, I attack it and I find passion in that. Right. Man. So I'm, I'm not, it's not the lottery, man. Everybody can be successful. You just got to get after it.
0: You know, what's funny is, is when they did, when they do, and this book really goes into this detail, Reed, I think you're, you would love this book. Um, they talk about people who are actually truly passionate uh, and, and felt like they had jobs that they were passionate. They didn't start out in the job that they were passionate about. They did just exactly what you just said, what you just described. What I heard is the same. It's like think of a professional baseball player, right, or a professional athlete of any of any sport. Um, of course, they're passionate about baseball, but you know, like every kid in America is at one point who plays baseball. Yeah. For them, not, not every a great majority of them are right when they got so good that it started opening doors and gave them career capital, that's when it became the passion. And that's actually what happens in your career, whether it be professional sports, real estate sales, it could be auto sales. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is that you do. um, That's where passion truly comes from and fulfillment really comes from. It's from being on the path and getting to be as good as you want to be. So I love that there's a lot of wisdom there. And what you just said, man. So go further on that. Like, by all means, like, tell me more because I'm loving this.
1: Yeah. So one of the things looking into next year, right? So this is, this is my favorite season of the year because we're, we're looking into 2019. We're planning. We're casting vision. We're dreaming about what it can look like. And there, there's something I realize is um, I want to always be somebody who loves my business. Right? And, and, and if, if you've been, been in business for long, you, you can build a business that, that you actually don't like right you don't like the people <laughs> you don't like the structure you don't like the results Customers. all of that stuff. it's it's rough right yeah. you know if you're a solo practitioner same thing you show up and you're like oh i hate this and what i realized is there's two components to that number one there's you choosing to fall back in love with the job that you do right if, if you're if you're listening to this right now and, and you're slinging homes and there's nobody around you choose to fall in love with it make the choice make the effort spend the energy to get there, right? It's, it's kind of like the battery turning turn in the motor. Like if, if you don't engage the battery and, and force that to happen, the motor never starts. So you you choose to love what your job is and love what you do until that engine cranks and starts going. The reason is is that you know a lot of people that are looking to, to grow into leadership opportunity or just have other opportunities, what they don't understand is that if you're trying to ex- escape what you're doing now and then get a big opportunity – you're not going to be ready for the opportunity. People that get the opportunity dive in, choose to be excellent at what they do, choose to love it, and then people can't ignore it. And that and, and that moves forward. So number one is if you want to love your business or love your job, you have to choose to love the work that you do. Number two is you have to choose to not compromise your standards or your culture or whatever the things are that you care about. Right? And so in other words, so we, we have a large business. I still don't hire people I don't like. No, you, you know, I just I don't, right? Um, because I, I, I either get to see my people every day or I have to see my people every day.
0: I like that. They, right? There's a difference in those two things too.
1: Yeah, right. So so when, when you look at this, I have this choice that I make over here to choose the job. And then over here, I have the choice to, to compromise or not compromise. Now, there's plenty of things you can compromise and, and you can and you can love where you work, love, love what you do. But if there's just a handful of things that you won't tolerate or you won't put up with it, if you start compromising those things, fast forward three years, you're going to look up and say, I hate the business that I created. <laughs> right. I hate the life I created. And over there, like you're actually trapped here. You can choose here. You're trapped.
0: Right. That's interesting. I like that, man. That's that's deep, and you probably spoke at a level that we weren't listening. Um, like, <laughs> as a as, as as a pastor, I once heard said, "I'm preaching better than you're listening." But um, <laughs> that, that was good, man. That was that was really good. I think there's a lot of wisdom in there in in what you're sharing. So, okay, so you've got this massive business. You have built it on people. You have built it by building people. Uh, okay, so you told me your calendar is full, yet you're only inside of the sales business three, four hours a week, let's round up. Let's say it's five or 10, right? Let's say it's a crazy week and you're needed a lot. Uh, What the heck are you filling the rest of your calendar with?
1: Great question. Um, So my calendar is is very, uh, it's very rhythmic, right? So I used to, I used to be the person that, um, you know, my was consistency, right? I used to joke, I can't even get addicted to coffee. Uh, So everything that I do habitually, I've had to really fight for. It's been rough. And so my weeks are very uh, habitual. So um, the time that I'm not spending uh, with the people inside my business, I'm building content. So, you know, after doing this, after being in this business for 16 years, one of the mistakes I made early on in, in, you know, 10 years ago when I started building RMG was all of our training material was very utilitarian right? Uh, and you helped me with this, right? So it, it all worked, it functioned, but it was ugly and it was not meant for public consumption. And mm-hmm. I started seeing some of the stuff that you guys did and I thought, holy crap, like that looks good. It makes sense. It looks good. Um, y- you can sell that. You can, you can show other people that. I can't. And uh, by the way, people inside my organization will have a better experience with all the really good material we have if it doesn't look so lame, Right, So I spend time building out content and thinking mm-hmm. through ways to, to take what I've learned and, and, and translate them. And, and the reason that this part of my week is so important is um, I'm very clear that if you have a gift or you have something that's really, really great that you do, but you can't turn it into a model and you can't teach other people, it's very limited in its value. Right, mm-hmm. It's going to die with you. My gift or my strength, if I can turn into a model and teach, I die and 10,000 people have that gift, right? So that's why it's important that I do content. So I do content, spend time with my team. I have two days. I have have a handful of really high-level coaching clients, so I don't get kicked out. This is not a pitch for that.
0: Uh. <laughs> if, you to, if you want to be coached, I read more. Contact him directly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> my group, my rules. i
0: breaking it to the hell if I want to.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so, so I, so, so I do that, and then I work on other business opportunities. Right. So, one of the things that I've learned is, um, is that one of the one of the best skills that we can master after we get really good at real estate is the art of putting deals together. And you, you learn this great skill of bringing a crazy buyer and a crazy seller together, and somehow you make it work. Everybody's emotional. You actually have the baseline skills of putting business deals together.
0: Yeah. Well, right? I, you, you said earlier about getting your master's degree in business. Like the reality is, is that um, you stay in this business long enough, you put enough deals together, you you do essentially get a master's degree in business.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. So I build content, spend time with my people, coach, and then uh, work on putting business deals together. That's that's what my weeks look like.
0: Awesome. So can I just ask you, like, not to get too personal, so you can feel free to keep it surface level or go as deep as you want. But uh, so you're putting business deals together to, can you, is there anything you can share with us? Like, are those all real estate specific, anything outside of the industry? Uh, like what, what kind of business deals? Cause what I, what I want to do, Reed is I think somebody's who's watching or listening to this interview is going to go, well, that's cool, but we can do it. Cause he's got a seventh level team and they sell $120 million a year. And the guy works four hours a week in his business. So I don't know that I can do that, but, I think the reality is, is like a lot of these skills uh, that you talked about, like bringing the crazy buyer and seller together, they they transfer over, and we can use them in other businesses, no matter what level we're at. So tell me some some more detail on some of those businesses, if you can, and and uh, and we'll go from there.
1: Yeah. So before I go there, the first thing that comes to mind, something you just tags into, something you just said, is what we fundamentally do is we find somebody who has a need. And somebody who has the ability to meet that need and we and we bring them together. And because of that, there's reasonable financial compensation. Right. Right? So in your life, if you're, you know, if you are aware that you have that skill, you find this person over here and they're like, gosh, I really want to buy a franchise. And then you overhear this conversation, this person says, Man, I really want to sell my franchise. There's no reason for you to not say, you know, Jim, meet Sally and make money doing it. Right there's nothing that prohibits you from doing that.
0: Right. yeah, I like that.
1: So, so just know, part of it's just an awareness. You're thinking buyer, seller, buyer, seller. Mm, you know, think think about businesses, all that. Okay, so one of the things that I've gone down the, this this road of is, uh, you know, the, the word huh, the word disruption is just, uh, you know, huh. how do you feel about that word, Kevin?
0: <laughs> so it's pretty uh, disruptive
1: whoa. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things happening in our industry. There's a lot of noise and there's a lot of things that, that, you know, potentially have the, the ability to change segments of our industry, right. And, and upgrade our industry. And so when, when I look at all of these you know, I look at open door OfferPad, knock.com, uh, iBuyer, Redfin, and the list just goes on and on and on and on with, with all these people who are just doing new and different things, by the way, they're actually not new, right. People have been fixing and flipping properties for hundred years? I don't know. Forever, Forever right? Like, oh, yeah. so, so our response as real estate agents can be deer in the headlight. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! What's going to happen? Or we can say, wait a second. Don't I do this professionally? Haven't I been doing this for twenty years? Like, can't I actually do this better than these guys? So what I'm looking at all of this, I'm just saying, like, f you to <laughs> to, to all these like tech companies coming in. By the way, they don't even, like it's not tech. It's like they have a freaking website and a bunch of money, like. Okay, so I'm looking at that and saying, all right, if, if I fundamentally believe that the best consumer experience can be delivered by a great local agent who happens to have a big toolbox and is actually a professional, what do I what businesses do I need to start? What businesses do I need to propagate to, to basically flip the finger at all these people that are being disruptive and say, you know what, we can do this better, we can monetize it better, and you know, like you'll get a piece of the pie, but you're not getting mine. Uh, so a little bit, a little bit generic, but I'm pl- I'm playing in that space right now.
0: You know, I was um, before you and I hopped on this. I was talking to Pat Hyben, who I think you know, and um, we were talking about the PayPal Mafia. It even recently, ran an article about the PayPal Mafia and, and some of the businesses that they're in inside of our space, right? And um, we were talking about Bungalow. I don't know if you read about Bungalow, but they mm-hmm. are yeah, so they're going $1.2 out two billion dollars. Yeah, so they're they're renting comp- they're renting apartments and houses and then basically subleasing them to, to other people and I'm like I, like, I feel like Carlton Sheets taught me about this and so Justin Roos, <laughs> uh, except they just did it in a book and in an infomercial on late night. Like what what the hell? Okay, we can call it's disruptive because the way they're doing it and they're working towards a better consumer experience, but the things that were as agents, my opinion only. Um, my, my words do not express the the, the views of Reed Moore or any other uh, member of this group. But uh, you know, I, we're we're choosing we're choosing to be um, frustrated and pissed off at the Zillows and the Bungalows and the Open Doors and the et cetera of the world for doing the things that have always been done in our industry. They're just finding a way to do it better and faster and get between me and the client. Which whose fault is that?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, it's me. I'm looking in the mirror. So. Uh, I love that you said that. So, okay, cool. So, so you're 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 going like, what are the needs, and then what are the skills that I already have, and how can I bring those together to create other business opportunities for myself and those around? Yeah. Me?
1: Yeah, and my 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 primary skill in that is I, I have the ability to bring great people together. Right. So when I look at this, I have I have a whole list of things I'm incompetent in. Right. Like there's there's just a laundry list of things. Like you ask anybody who works for me and it's they're like, bless your heart. Like they do a great job because they take pity on me. Um, you know. So so when we look at this, right, you you as a local agent, you're sitting there and you just get frozen up. Like, what do I do? Like I, I don't I don't have ten million dollars to, to go even you know, play in this ground. Okay, time out who do you know that has these missing skills that you can rally together with and create something that's just bigger than you? Right. I think that ultimately all of this, you know, noise, all this stuff that's happening around us is really driving our industry to a place where we don't just say we're professional, but we actually are truly professional. And that's going to, that's going to limit the herd. Right. Think about it this way, Kevin. Um, when you go to see your doctor, right? Like I know you go see a voodoo doctor or whatever, you know, you're licking the ground and I don't know what you do, but <laughs> so
0: <laughs> sorry. Was that too personal? That reminds me. I need to take one of my voodoo medicines, you know, excuse me.
1: <laughs> so when, when we go see a doctor, we expect a, a process and we expect a certain way of things happening. Yep. And by the way, if it didn't happen that way, it would kind of freak you out, right? If your doctor like came out and he was like coughing his hand, he's like, hey, how's it going? You know, like, man, sorry, I'm late. Like, you know, I had this other point when it went crazy over and I ah, just come on back. We don't need to do the paperwork. Just like, you know, let's chat. Okay. Uh, it, it would freak us out, right? If a lawyer did that, it would freak us out. So when we say we're real estate professionals, my 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 question is, you know, if we fast forward five years, will real estate totally look different? No. Like there's going to, there's going to be a lot different, but fundamentally, I think the biggest difference is you're going to have people that show up with professional tools, professional education, professional demeanor, professional skills, and they provide an amazing client experience. And those people are going to have all the businesses they ever wanted. And other people are going to be uh, in, in a rough spot. And that's your choice. That's your choice.
0: Dude, you nailed it. I could not agree more. I uh, I just had a conversation went just like this, man. Um, I think you nailed it. I think there's a lot of lessons in there for us as real estate agents to become real estate professionals. And that's the word I was using uh, about an hour ago was professionals because uh, most of us don't behave that way, right? So we, like Pat and I got into a conversation about blockchain, right? And the beautiful thing about blockchain is it allows everyone to know everything all at the same time all at once. And wouldn't it be wonderful if the sellers knew that they had an offer right when they had an offer and they didn't just have our interpretation of the offer where I might have got offended because somebody like, you know, peed at my Cheerios that morning or or whatever. Like how many times have you been involved in a transaction where the other agent, because you would never do it, but the other agent created a problem that never actually existed Just sort of come in and solve their own problem that they created anyways and look like a hero to their client. Um, And we wonder why buyers and sellers get emotional. I think it's because agents are emotional and they're not professional. And we behave in a way that that looks like a freaking paycheck depends on it. Oh, by the way, it does. And when you behave that way, you tend to make different decisions than as if you're just doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah,
1: that's exactly it. That's it. You're totally right.
0: Awesome. All right, man. So what else is on your mind? Like what, what is read more? So you made fun of me and my voodoo (laughs) doctor, man. Uh, And certainly we could go down that rabbit hole, but let's not. Um, What kind of, what kind of fun stuff, what do people not know about you read more? Like what is the thing that if people like the people around, you know, it like if I called, uh, if I called the people that are closest with you, if I called Rebecca, if I called Marcy, or anybody that you hang out with a lot, and I said, hey, man, what's what's weird? Like, what's the thing about me that is weird? What's that thing? Tell us. Don't be afraid. Um, Don't be shy.
1: So when, when, when I get excited, I, I just, like, I kind of go, like, everybody knows it, right? So I'll come I'll come in the office in the morning, and sometimes just, like, woo! Right? Like, you know, it freaks everybody out, you know, just the whole thing. And, and uh, you know, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And I'll just kind of, like, you know, be a little bit of a loose cannon, which which is why I don't run the company anymore, as it turns out. Uh, so I do it at home. I do it in the car when I'm by myself. Right, like when I get really, really excited, I just don't think that there's any reason for me to pretend. Like, well, let's let's just push that down and um, like you know, my my eyes get big and I just I just go after it. And I think that there's like if there's nothing that you get passionate, you don't have to express it the same way that I do. But if you spend your whole life pushing your pushing your passion down. Uh, you know, you, you spend your whole life working hard to build something that you can be passionate about and then you reject that passion. Um, I, I don't know about that. Right. So I think that that's that's something. The, the other thing is, I, I hate I hate dressing up. Right. Like i I'm, <laughs> you might have done this to me. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. So Flip yeah, flops. I, I live all summer, all summer in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 like, I like kind of being, uh, I like looking, I like being, um, underestimated. I like being underestimated.
0: Yeah. It's fun, isn't it? Um, yeah. it's probably why we hit it off, uh, initially. So tell me, uh, okay, so that, that was a cool answer. You reminded me of Ric Flair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that reference. So That's fantastic. Tell me, okay. So, so that's one of the things that's weird about you. What's your what's your superpower, man? Tell me your superpower.
1: Uh, my superpower is bringing people together and helping them work through high level of conflict.
0: High level. Oh, okay. So bringing people together is one thing, but working through high level of conflict now now you're in a different plane. Like that's a different planet. Tell me more about that, Reed. Yeah. So. You know, so it's it's my belief
1: that if you bring four or five really intelligent, driven people together, um, if they're showing up in their genius, they're not going to agree on very much. (laughs) They're they're just not. And if your insecurity as a leader is to push away everybody who doesn't see the world like you, you're going to be living in the world with blinders and you're going to get blindsided, especially today. And so... When, when, we can, um, when we can look and see what other people do and we can be in awe of that thing and dig it out and figure out why people think the way they think and bring that into the conversation, we can walk out with something that's truly fantastic. So let me give you an example. In our industry, it, it can be fairly common to see people who are in sales looking down on people who do administrative work. And, 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 and our conversations betray that. Right? You talk to an agent for a while and they, like the way they talk about it is subservient and just all of those things. Uh, even the behaviors that go along with oh, they're an SC or you know whatever your lingo is. One of the tricks that I learned about this is when you see people that are different than, than you, instead of belittling, belittling those things, if you can honor those things and be truly curious about those things and just you know like, holy crap, you actually like doing that work. Like, that's, that's, that's amazing, right? you will attract people that are not like you that feel honored by you and lifted up by you and valued by you. And then they will engage in conflict and they will bring their best to the table. And then you walk out with something that, that looks better than your original idea.
0: Yeah, man, that's, that's a lot of genius. Like, you know, there are a lot of, um, leaders that, uh, they surround themselves with people that won't bring them a differing opinion. Um, I was listening to a podcast. I feel like it might've been Reed Hoffman on, on Tim Ferriss or maybe it was Mark Andreessen. I don't know. It was, it was a guy that runs a, uh, a big hedge fund. Right. And, uh, or, or maybe it was even, okay. So two different examples, I'm just blending together. Um, but they talked about how, like, so these are guys that worth billions of dollars. Right. And, um, they, like, the thing that you have to do is you've got to be able to bring conflict. You actually have to be able to engage in a conflicting viewpoint conversation with, like, the founder of the company. And if you can't do it, then you just can't even be, a, a, like, one of the key people in this company. Uh, Ray Dalio talks about this in the book yeah. Principles, where he, they've got a certain, now they've got a certain, like, uh, I'm going to use the word structure, I forget the word that 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 Ray uses, but where there's, like it's almost like a point system, if I remember correctly, uh to where you know my opinion on a certain topic might be weighted more than yours and yours more than mine on a different topic um but yeah i see a lot of leaders in business or, or quote unquote leaders positional leaders who surround themselves but with people that won't challenge them that'll never challenge them that will only do what they're told to do and tell them that they're great and then there is never there there just there's not a better recipe for disaster than that, right? Like if you've ever read the book, um, you know, How the Mighty Fall, like a lot of times that happens because of the way the leader sets themselves up with people who don't challenge them and don't yeah. push them to become better leaders in their industry and in their, in their business. And so I think that's, that is super important, and yeah. I, I think that's awesome, man.
1: You being the leader uh, means that you're the responsible person. Like, you're the responsible party, right? But it, it, you think about how much hubris, right, going back to that book, how much hubris is there is to sit in a room with five or six really intelligent people and say, you know what, nothing that you see matters. Uh, you know, the, I, even with six people, the sample size out, size out of the three billion perspectives that there are is still kind of scary, Yeah. right? You know, so so I, I've been able to uh, – my, my favorite times of the year, you know, one of this other this other business we're, we're working on right now, I had four people out on my boat, and we just had this amazing knockout, dragout, uh, like, fight over this idea, right? It wasn't egos. It was this idea. And there were two of us that were, like, dead set, like, no, this is the way. The other two were this is the way. And we just duped it out for, like, an hour and a half. And it was the most amazing experience because – if you are unwilling to yield, and yet you're humble, you will beat that idea to the point that you realize you're wrong, and then you're like, "Oh no, that uh, you're right, right?" It's that it's that willing that like that need to win all the time and every idea that gets us in trouble, right? So if you're not humble, you're not going to win. If you're not willing to show up and have the fight, you're not going to win, right? And so we we happen to default one way or the other. Like if you're not willing to fight. Like like you said, you know, if you and I see the things the same way, why are we both at this table? Right? Like, we're redundant. This is stupid. You go do something else.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's a great point. And um, yet, yeah, that, that kind of stuff happens all the time. And I mean, I, I truly believe innovation and progress happens when you do have different opinions, like you talked about, uh, where you can have disagreement and that's okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh so okay so man we're, we're going to start to wrap up here i don't, I don't want to take up too much of your time um i know i know you do have other things scheduled today and i promise it wouldn't take more than an hour or so um what are some things that you're just super passionate about right now like what are the things outside of real estate maybe it's inside of real estate but but what, what are you passionate about whether that be professional or something personal that you're just working on side project whatever so uh i'm trying
1: to think of something other than what we've what we've talked about
0: um, I, I need like a jeopardy clock right now do you, do
1: you... Right, right. <laughs> um so I, I think that just kind of actually revisiting i think that what i'm passionate about is this this idea of, of falling back in love with what you do right and um and specifically um, i think if you if you look at social media it seems like if you if you're winning in life you no longer w- work right what do you mean by that so you know, so so the idea like you know hey make a bunch of money uh, do this life hack and if you do this you're going to make a bunch of money and then you can sit on a beach and or, and you can do you know like all of that and, and I think, you know, so there's, a, there's this move like this hustle movement, which I think is getting a lot of validity, it has been, you know, Gary Vee and, and uh, Grant Cardinal, people like that, that are just like, go back to work. And I, and I right? And I, and I love that. Uh, and I think it appeals to some people that are just super aggressive, like in your face, like hustle, hustle, hustle. I think the underlying thing that they're, that they're getting at is that work is valuable for work itself, not yeah. even just for, for the money. And so, you know, if you're here and you're listening to this, you know, you're you're a solo producer, you have a small team, you have a large team, Um, my my hope for you is that you dive back into your work in 2019 as if it is the life-giving thing in your life. Like, I am pouring into these people, I'm pouring into my clients, I'm doing this work better, harder than I ever have because it's so rewarding and it's changing who I am. I'm growing. And if you do that, you're going to blink and all of a sudden you're going to have unbelievable opportunities right? so That's the thing that I'm passionate about right
0: now. Awesome. Well, um, I have one more question for you today. And uh, I'm stealing this from a guy who who's had an inspiration in my life. His name is Dave Asprey. Um, he he always asks people at the end of his uh, his podcast that he does, what are like, if, if I said, hey, Reid, I just, I want to kick more ass in life and in business and in general, what are the three things I need to do in your opinion? Like, Give me the three. They could be hacks. They could be routines, whatever. But read. I just want to be better in general. What are the three things you believe I need to, I need to do per read more?
1: Number one is absolutely don't compromise the first part of your day. Control it at all costs. Okay. Like nothing gets in there. Nothing is outside of my control. I don't look at anything. I don't, I don't listen to anything that's not inside of my control. That first part of your day is going to set the tone for the rest of your day. And if you do that uncompromisingly, even if you have to get up before everybody else in your house, you do that, right? So that's the first thing. Um, The second thing is, is to audit your week, Sunday night, before it begins and visualize your entire week playing out. Think it through. You'll find that most of the things that catch you off guard should never catch you off guard because you just didn't think it through, right? So control your days. Second thing, audit, look look at your entire week, a week at a glance um, on Sundays. And the third thing is going back to just old school, protect the time that you need to create something, whether it's creating leads, creating content, um, uh, you know, writing a book, blogging, protect that time and don't let anything into that one, two, three hour space. If you do those three things and you do them consistently over time, your life will change.
0: That's awesome man I think that's great advice and uh, Reed, man I, I just want to say thanks a lot dude I, I love you we've had uh we- we've been friends for a number of years now I'll-, I'll never forget the first time we really met sat down you had reached out before at the reunion one year I, I want to say it was in Dallas and right. uh, we just got together on um, kind of I think a session was going on but we just said hey let's go spend some time together because I-, I think we might like each other and
1: i was yeah. trying to figure out if you were better than me
0: well I mean so- it- <laughs> <laughs> you validated that probably quickly within minutes you realize that like, oh, this guy yeah, is it, it's true and uh, but no we spent some time together and obviously became uh fast friends and you've done a lot for me in my life and in my business and so i'm just so appreciative of it and i'm i'm glad that you came on here and just kind of shared with with the next level agents group and and with what we're doing and, and giving back so i just wanted to let you know i appreciate you man it means a lot and if there's anything i can do to repay the favor you know my number
1: awesome man i appreciate you too, and i I love this group like just fantastic such an amazing um high-minded group of people that just gives and gives and gives so it's just my pleasure to contribute
0: back thanks a lot man any any last last minute any parting shots you want to give as we get ready to sign off here plan your 2019 it's the season right now like
1: start dreaming start thinking about it like it's time to go time to go
0: absolutely thanks reed i appreciate it buddy take care guys